Hi, this is Jennifer Van Damsel, and you're listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master of disaster, Josh45. Yo, yo, yo. And we have CBS, which would be me. Which is you. That's me. In the studio today, we have Lucy, Robin, and the captain. And Leroy. And Leroy, that's right. With all of them tonight. Man. It's a, it's a whole room. It's good times. Um, see, today we're going to be doing episode number 151. And book-wise, we're going to be going over Dark Knight's Metal, Infinite Hour Extreme, with three X's. Because it's extreme. To the max. Right? Uh, that's from uh, DC Comics. And then we're going to be doing crossover number one, which is from uh, Image Comics. And Wolverine Black, White, and Blood from Marvel Comics. And since both the opening and the follow and the ending book, they're both really big books, we're just going to do the... We're going to do three instead of five, because there's a lot of stories. I mean, each of those have like three parts, so... Right. So it's it's a lot more content-wise than normal. Hey, man. We're doing this ad for a super cool sponsor me honey contest honey yeah man Honey's the free internet browser extension that automatically finds tests and applies the best coupon codes when you shop online at checkout it does all the hard work for you did you just call me honey glad you asked you and our listeners should go online to joinhoney.com backslash best honey ad to download honey on your laptop or computer i use it for your birthday present my birthday what month is it I'm an early shopper. I use it for Christmas, too. Wait, it's Christmas? Doesn't matter. I got it with a discount. You should get honey today. Seriously, quit calling me honey. Uh, but first, I want to start with a little bit of news. Josh, what do you know about the news? Well, first of all, um, last week we had uh, the sad passing of Sean Connery. It's true. But uh, since since then, we've also had the sad passing of Alex Trebek, so rest oh. in peace. Also true. The main man himself. Um, yeah. It just made me think of like that really awesome Saturday Night Live sketches where they... <laughs> where they had the two paired? Yeah, it was just yeah. like, suck a Trebek. It's crazy. But anyway, yeah. so, that's sad. But um, the first thing I have is Fast and Furious 9 is almost done filming. Oh, all right. And John Cena looks like he could be uh, um, Paul Walker's like buff older brother on steroids, so maybe that, like that'll be his character. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But it's funny. How do you know? How do you know? Uh, we already know that he's supposed to be Vin Diesel's brother from the original trailers. That's, that's who he is. Are you sure? I'm positive. Are you sure? I do. I do like the idea of him being Paul Walker's stand-in or brother, but he looks I, way more like Paul Walker, though. Nah. Look at that picture right there. I mean, that picture, that's like an old picture. Well, that's the picture of him from the film. No. Um, that's, Dar- not, that's not who he is, but okay. Maybe it is. Maybe you, maybe you, maybe they tricked you in the trailer. It is a good possibility they did. Yeah. You, so you don't know. I've been tricked before. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 script is completed, Ooh. says James Gunn. That's cool. Um, Freakazoid, the cartoon. Freakazoid. Yeah. Freakazoid. Runs around in underwear. Freakazoid. Um, <laughs> the he's going to make an appearance on Teen Titans Go, which is kind of cool. That's, That's awesome. His yeah. Cartoon return. 
That's really cool. But does they're they're doing a lot of I mean, they've done a few other returns. Um, you know, Animaniacs is coming back. Right. Um there's something else coming back too that I saw, but mm-hmm. it, uh, Binky and the Brain was part of the Brain part Animaniacs, but there's another cartoon. Oh, oh yeah. uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Tiny yeah. Which is kind of cool. So, and then what else do I have? Those, those main things. And then the other thing I had, which I had opened my phone and it disappeared, is making me angry. Oh, yeah. Um, Catwoman is teased to be part of Zack Steiner's um, DC exp- um, expanded or. The expanded Justice League? Um, Supposedly, she's hinted at being a part of his um, cinematic universe. Interesting. And so, to be have, and have a history of Netflix Batman, supposedly. So I don't know. Maybe she'll she'll show up in the HBO Max or whatever it is. Whatever. The Justice League uh, Snyder Cut for well, no, he's supposed to be in the TV show. Oh yeah, they're doing that too. I don't know if he's oh, gonna. Oh, I wonder if they tease it in the movie, then it leads to the show. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, yeah, because apparently Affleck signed some kind of contract for, I guess, a Batman show on Max. So that's interesting. That would make a lot of sense, actually, if you teased her in the one and then moved her in the other one for being part of the story. That's cool. Okay. And then, um, ever since Johnny Depp has been basically fired from Fantastic Beasts 3. Right. Um... There's a petition online that has over 900,000 signatures to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2. People have been trying to get her removed since all that nonsense happened. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that ultimately, I don't feel like those petitions do anything. But at the, at the end of it, like, all the giant up stuff, it's so out of line that if, if, if we're not going to blackball one, we shouldn't blackball the other. I mean... Give him a fair play. I thought, they, on both I thought sides. they like. I thought there was the whole thing is he got exonerated from that and like. Yeah, that's the thing. But right? then he got fired anyway, so I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, well, he was he sued a couple of the companies that ran the tabloids in uh, Europe that right. ran the articles. He wound up losing the defamation battle against them, and I think the loss of that just resounded with them being like, "Well, we're going to boot you then." At the end of the day, all the claims have been proven to be. False for the most part. I mean, I'm sure something happened, but the amount of what Amber was trying to push was never proven. And like the two, the one time she went down to the police station to have photos taken, they caught her wearing makeup to make herself look bruised. Uh, like the ladies taking the pictures were like, "You want to clean off your makeup?" And she's like, "What? You want to take off your makeup?" And uh, yeah, I guess she thought no one would look. They would just take the fake photos and send her home. But. Yeah, so like that part of things did not go well for her and her whole petition, well not even petition, her trying to make herself look like the face of abuse in relationships here in America did not go well because she finally did like a bunch of articles and like photos and being the face of uh, domestic violence is really hard. But all that turned out to be fake and unproven. So yeah, but at the end of the day, I I think if he would have won the... uh, the defamation cases probably would have gone better for him in the Fantastic Beast thing. The Fantastic Beast is so close as a as a kids kind of thing. I think they probably just decided at this point to, to move forward without him. I mean, clearly that's what they're doing. So I mean, that's why Pirates recast for a new lead and moving forward. Not that they removed the Jack Sparrow character as a thing, period. But we're following a different pirate, so I guess we'll see how that goes. Nah, who knows? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, ever since that started, there's been folks trying to petition for her to be removed, and 
At one point, she was facing jail time, and now apparently that's not a thing, I guess. I don't know. I quit paying attention after that, so. Right. Give to me too much, I didn't care. Um, as far as, like, new stuff, I mean, the only stuff I really have is all, like, in-house weirdness, and, like, DC, um, went for another round of redundancy layoffs, so we've seen a lot more, uh, staffers and, like, editors laid off because their jobs became redundancies, um, due to the new posturing over there. Uh, but kind of looks like, uh, Marie Javin, Javis, Javis, I think that's how you say it, that her promotion may have been, like, to try to cloud the amount of layoffs happening. And apparently, the, uh, the folks working over at Young, the Young Adult line for DC, so the YA, like, their editors, have all been reassigned to work underneath her. To what end? I have no idea. And the young adult line, I mean, it's still happening, but I can tell you it's not popular. <laughs> so, I mean, that's weird. So it's like her whole, cause she was the one who was in charge in that group before she got promoted to the I, I, the EIC over DC. What exactly does that mean? I, I don't know, man. It seems like just weird posturing and maybe she saved her friends' jobs, but I guess they're, they're, they gave them a nickname. They're like her lieutenants and I don't. It's so weird. It sounds so corporate weird. Um, so that's some bizarre stuff over at DC. Um, then DC Universe, well, it's not actually being canned entirely. However, it, what it's happening is it's being rebranded. So we're going to get DC Universe Infinite. And big difference, DC Universe Infinite is going to be the comic book service. So a lot like what Marvel does with their, uh, their archive thing. Same idea. Uh, they're planning to have 24,000 uh, books available at launch, including their digital first books. So like the, uh, the Batman Gotham Knight series and Injustice Year Zero, which are both digital books. They're not, not regular print stuff, at least not yet. Um, will be available there. However, all the original content, uh, show wise, all that's going to be over on HBO Max exclusively. So apparently Infinite, um, is not that infinite, I guess. Um, so basically they just turned it into their version of Marvel's um archive service. And it carries about a $75 bill for the year, I think is what it was. So five bucks a month or whatever. Anyway, oh no. Um that's what you put the add on for HBO Max. I don't remember what the monthly was, I didn't look at it. I'd take seventy-five and divide by twelve and you'll get it. But yeah, so price wise, that's also really close to the, to the Marvel one. And and they're saying the same thing, like, new books within six to nine months. So it's like a carbon copy of what Marvel did. So there's that. Um, there's a bunch of ads showing up on Facebook for DC Infinite. So if you wondered what it was, that's what it is. It's the comic book service. So if you like digital stuff, there you go. Other than that, that's pretty much all I really had, man. Uh, HBO Max looks awesome. They've renewed a few shows. I think that's really cool. Um, the only thing that's really kind of people are really wondering about the DC universe going away is they had a lot of archive shows. So like the old Shazam stuff from the seventies, which I give you, I mean, it is kind of terrible and old, but it's, it's fun campy, mm. but they used to have that stuff and like the, the Wonder Woman 77 and like all that stuff does not appear to be going to HBO max. So either it's going nowhere or, which I mean, don't get me wrong. A bunch of it was on YouTube back in the day. So if you wanted to watch ISIS, you could do that. I'm not sure why you do more than one. I mean, 
Except for like study purposes, I guess. You watch the Batman sixty six stuff over and over again. And That's it's totally horrible. different. It's horrible too. No, man, totally different. Mm, it's not totally different. Totally different. It's all horrible. Totally different. Horrible. However, terrible. You don't like the Green Hornet either. I'll give you Green Hornet was not as good as. I think Green Hornet's way better, actually. The TV series, uh-huh. I guess it's a little more. It's more serious. It's but way better it acted, and like the martial long. arts are a hundred thousand times better. Well, when you come to the action stuff, that's a totally different thing. It's Bruce Lee, bro. Yeah, exactly. You can't be that's, Bruce Lee. That's my point. Although Green Hornet is way better than Batman. They did have Bruce Lee fight Robin, so that's kind of weird. Well, there was a crossover. Yeah. But it was... <laughs> it's still Bruce Lee versus... What's Dennis? the guy who played Robin's name? Burt Ward. Burt Ward. Burt Ward versus Bruce Lee. How's that sound unmatched? It totally is. Yeah. Yeah, they did crossover. Should have broke his neck. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. They're both all good guys. Hmm. They're all good guys. That's not what happens in a crossover. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> well, if you don't have any other new stuff, um, you want to move into books? Yes, sir. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Alright. Well, I was going to start with the, well, like, like I said earlier, The Dark Knight's uh, Infinite Hour Extreme. Death Metal. Um, yeah. So, we got here. Well, it's split up, they, the book split up into three parts. Kind of. Yeah, that's how they have it labeled. And we have three different writers, too, which is, and artists. Uh, the first part is Frank Thierry, and, uh, he's Frank Thierry writing, and then, um, Tyler Kirkham doing the art. So they're the first two in the first half of the book. Yeah. So the first part of the book opens. It's This book's about Lobo. It is. If you didn't know. <laughs> and uh starts out with um, him sitting at the bar, and it's like a bar you wouldn't want to be at, and a part of the galaxy you wouldn't want to be in six months ago. It's him sitting there all grumpy. He's yelling at the bartender to give him another drink. He's like, why don't you get your uh, tentacles over here, and blah, blah, blah. And the main man wants a drink. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Lobo, I'm not ignoring you, but... uh. Um, I would definitely get you another drink, but, um, I, I can't get you one. He's like, well, why is that? He's like, well, because you ripped my arms off. <laughs> yeah. And you destroyed the bar and killed everybody in it. And he's like, yeah, I was, nobody would tell me where my, where my, uh. Where my bounty was. My bounty was. He's like, he's right over there. Yeah, you killed him with one of my arms. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, Lobo crashes to the floor. And, uh, it's a... Batman Lobo. Right. Hooking with a, uh, instead of a hook, he has a battering, like, on a chain. Like some, just it's like Lobo's Lobo. hook, but yeah. it's a battering instead. And and he's just like, who the frag is this? And he's like, Bat! Bastage. And so, like, <laughs> right. And so, like, you know, they're, like, talking trash to each other, and they start fighting. And, uh, the Batman Lobo... Basically, he's just like, I'm, I injected myself with Zarnian DNA, and I became the, the baddest. Um, I got your strength and your healing factor to my already impressive skills and fighting prowess. Now I'm the Batman who frags. And uh, they're fighting. They start headbutting each other, and like Lobo like takes the brunt of it, supposedly. And he's like, you think I, I didn't learn all my awesome fighting to like lose to you in a headbutt match? And he's just like, jokes on you, bat, like, bat guy. And just like, there's the battering thing, like, stuck in the guy's belly. And so Lobo rushes him and grabs the battering, get, was getting ready to cut him in half, basically, and right. rip, rip out his spleen. And then Lobo gets sucked, sucked out of the bar into another dimension. And, uh, there's a guy standing there in a hood, like, just in the middle of nowhere. And he's like, welcome, Lobo. My apologies for the rough ride getting here. 
It's not usually like to do things, but then again, and it's well, it looks to be Lex Luthor. It is. It's Lex Luthor. But his face is all burnt and messed up, and uh, I don't know enough about this story arc to like know why he's like that, right? Or which which version of Luthor this is. Now it's supposed to be the regular universe Luthor, and the last time we really saw him. I, I want to say he shows up, I think, in issue four of Death Metal. I guess I don't remember if he's in there or not, but he's definitely in the, uh, the guide to the, the Death Metal Dark Knight's guidebook. He's, uh, the one's been making notes about all the different bats and where they run and what sections of the world they operate in. So basically, Luther's been playing the background, trying to figure out how to unravel the situation with Perpetua and the bat who laughs, who's become a god. Um, yeah, he's, a uh, He's been lurking in the back in the shadows in his hood for, I know, a lot of issues, actually. But yeah, he's uh, he supposedly figured out a way to fix things, maybe. And he uh, um, he starts telling Lobo that, it, that he needs his help, and he has a special mission for him. And uh, lo- like Lobo looks at him and is like, what the heck happened to your face? It looks like somebody deep-fried crap, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but then, like, Luther opens up the cloak, and he has, like, some, like, suit on, like, well, he's he's been transformed. So Perpetua, back in the uh, Hell Arisen four-part miniseries, before all that, Luther, during the uh, Year of the Villain, Luther wound up blowing himself up and basically suiciding himself, and then being collected, I guess, by Perpetua? Well, not I guess, by Perpetua, who's the lady who's fueling the bat who laughs now. Perpetua transformed him into this alien-like hybrid, and what all he has underneath his suit anymore, I don't I don't totally know, because even that book didn't go fully into it. But yeah, he's got, like, crazy projection ability that comes out of his chest, and I don't know if it's supposed to be the suit, or if it's supposed to be his alien parts, or what. Well, yeah, so he's projecting and showing Lobo, like, this. everything's that he's like, what what my face looks like has no, no importance, but everything else is important, like, there's everything else is crazy, so let me... I need to show you something. And he's like, it's the end of everything. So, well, I'll tell you what, like, getting rid of everything, you know, the end of everything is not that bad of a thing. Cause I, you know, I can't stand things like Superman and every kind of Batman, Guy Fieri. And on the <laughs> other hand, I also like, you know, it'll also be current for stuff that I do dig, like babes and dolphins and brew and myself and money. And he's just like, well, it's, I need you to get this thing called death metal and he's death metal. Huh? I was like, well, that, well, don't, that sound expensive. He's like, yeah, Lobo, you'll get paid handsomely. Don't worry about it. And so he's like, well, how am I supposed to get there? And they like, in rides, like basically, you know, Lobo's motorcycle, which I don't know how he got it there. It's, it's a new, like a, a new, ver- yeah. new version of it, whatever, but he, he has it. And he's like, all right. And so he sends him on his way and then it flashes back to, uh, the bat who frags and he pulls out the, the batarang. He's like, He's like, I'm gonna get him. He's like, that bastard got away, and that just don't happen to the Batman, the Batman man. He would calls himself, <laughs> right? And on the front of the the bike is like, instead of the normal face that Lobo has on the bike, it's Joker's face, which right. like, but like a Lobo version of Joker. Yeah, his eyes are definitely Loboed, which is kind of funny. Yeah, instead of having the crazy skull, it's yeah, it's like a strapped on face. So then it it flashes to the next story, which this one is written. Um, by Becky Cloonan and Rags Morales is the artist. And it's definitely a, a definite change of art. Like the first part, like I was a big fan of. This one's a little kind of, little funky, a little paintier, but, uh, we'll get into that at the end of it. But, um, he's on some sort of prehistoric island called Black Hawk Island. Um, 
and he's like crawling through the swamp and he's like talking about how, how horrible it smells and out of the swamp comes, um, but Robo calls Black Monday. Right. Which I don't like the, it's, it's in, Solomon Grundy as Batman. Right. As what, as you explained to me earlier and Lobo starts to mess him up and they start fighting and, uh, they get to a point and he's like, you know, I, I hid this gun and I'm not going to tell you where because the lady never tells and starts shooting Solomon Grundy and it doesn't really do anything to him. Right. And, um, Solomon Grundy just chokes him. He's like, shut up, you know, Solomon Grundy style. They're wrestling around and explosions and all of a sudden Lobo's just like, yeah, we could be friends. And he's like, friend? And then he like pulls this wall down and crushes Solomon Grundy and he's like, difference is like, you know, we both are, we're both real similar. Like we, neither of us have friends, but the difference is I don't want any. Right. And, uh, so then Lobo walks into some, like, into this temple that the wall was part of and runs into Hawkman. And, uh. Well, it's it, kind of like a museum because it has a lot of different, like. What's well, a temple? Yeah. What it is. A bunch of Hawkman stuff inside of it, too. Like a statue and everything. He actually makes, he talks about the statue. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, he's like, you're not going to find anything I'm going to give, make it that easy, easy for you, Lobo. He's like, I've been, I've been hiding and protecting it for ages. I've been, you know, been writing a journal and keeping track of this thing for, for centuries. As you know, like Hawkman dies and reincarnates, et cetera. Right. Um, but then somebody stole his journal, yep. but the, the death metal's still hidden. And he's just like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, don't make me rip your arm off and beat you with it, with that club in it still or whatever. And he's like, ah, oh, maybe you are the person like that. Like, he's like, I'm not gonna be able to, Hawkman says, I'm not gonna be able to hide it forever. So maybe this is what needs to happen. And all of a sudden, like, there's an explosion and, um, you know, the bat who frags is, I assume that's who that is, but it is, yeah. Um, comes out of nowhere and starts shooting at the temple because he got followed there. And Hawkman had created a, uh, a portal to get out of there. And he's like, go through there, Lobo. And like, um, he's like, but I don't know where it goes. And he's like, I'll hold him off. And the Lobo's like, no, you're not. And he grabs him, pulls him through with him. And then the portal seals up and, uh, the bag of frags thinks he blew up the whole thing, but he, you know, kills him, but he didn't. Right. And, uh, as they land, um, they're on Gem World. And, uh, he, Hawkman's like, I was ready to die back there. I had my piece long ago, but still, he's like, what I'm trying to say is, and like, trying to thank Lobo. And he's like, eh, whatever, Carter. Keep, shut your mouth. <laughs> right. And Just then, a jerk about saving him, yeah. And then as, and Lobo's like holding, you know. He's holding the, the, the death metal. Death metal in his hand. Yeah. And he's like, this is the part I've been waiting for. And then it like opens and it glows green. And then it like comes to these, like there's a couple little short stories. We want um, to find out that death metal, apparently the object itself lets you recreate everything worldwide. So you can create your own reality. And once he pulls the death metal out of the box, yeah, the next batch of story. There's like three, like one shot pages, three, three individual page stories. And like kind of a, it's a, a retelling of the, the origin of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yep. And, but it's funny because it's like Superman by Lobo and Lobo. And it's just like, it's just a little ex, like little excerpts, like just before the dweeb planet Krypton exploded into fragments, like fragments, a stupid geek, blah, blah, boring. And it just like, basically, as mom and pa can't go open the thing, they open it and it's a baby Lobo. And it's like, Zachary, which one of you bastards is going to change my diaper? Right. And then like the Batman one, it's like, Legend of Batman by Lobo, who he is and how he came to be. And he's like, whoop, defragging do. He's like, I do forsooth my beloved Zoro. Uh, prithee, my dear sweetheart. 
And then, like, little baby Bruce Wayne is like, fart! Which is, like, just horrible. And it's Lobo is the guy that kills him. He's like, he's like, who's, uh, it's, it's a crime, a crime alley. Who'd have thunk? And, it's, you know, just, it's just ridiculousness. And the Wonder Woman is, is just as bad. And instead of saving the guy that, um, Steve, Chris, Chris Pine played, it's Steve Trevor cu- cups his head off. And, well, cause she wants to protect the dolphins. Right. Which is, <laughs> which is a Lobo thing. And then, you know, it just kind of goes, it shows like a kind of a cyborg version, a Green Lantern version, and a Martian Manhunter version as well, kind of, but all Lobo. Yeah, and they all look Loboed out. Like Batman's Loboed out, Superman's Loboed out. Actually, Superman just looks like Lobo. And Wonder Woman has the Lobo eyes also. No, no, all that, like white skin. Yeah. Anyway, so the next thing is like he's sitting there, like creating this, this world. He's like, hey, dang genius. This is the best sitcom since Walking Dead. Lobo Land, a whole pocket universe for me to rewrite. All I got to do is think into the death metal and all the awesome ideas come to life. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Brainiac shows up like, um, stop with the worthless nonsense. You know, basically, he's like, I, I need you to give me this. Like, Luther told me, like, I need to get this from you. And, and he, Lobo starts messing with him, puts him in a dress, and he's like, what are you doing? Like, this does not compute. And he's like, Lobo just keeps messing with him. Um, Says your recast is my fifth grade algebra teacher. Algebra teacher is that the one he is? It's some teacher he's supposed to be. Like Miss Trib, my fourth grade teacher. There you go. And uh, he's like, "Stop with the buffoonery!" Is or your buffoonery is damning the multiverse. And he's like, "No one calls the main man bland." And uh, he's like, "And I found all your guns." He's like, "That's not one of your powers." He's like, "Well, I found them anyway." And it's just like he's getting ready to shoot him. He's just like, "Okay, fine. I figured maybe I need. I do need to give this to you." And then the bat frag showed up. Blast Lobo, but Lobo, being as smart as he is, kind of grabs him and throws him into his own Lobo verse. Yeah, the little pocket dimension he created with the other so, stories. So the bat who frags is, just goes and just disappears into the Lobo verse, which is right. hilarious. And uh, he hands over Death Metal to to Brainiac, and uh, and Brainiac's like, "Well, we also need your blood because like the key to fixing this whole thing is like my blood, huh?" And I think that's the most extreme idea yet. And then the, as the epil, and that's kind of how that ends. It kind of like the, to be continued in Death Metal number five. But then in the epilogue, it's the bat who frags like, like, oh, I'm still alive. You dumbass, I still can't, you can't keep the good Lobo down. I'm going to get my revenge and going to frag you until then all of a sudden, surprise, Clyde. And somebody punches him and it's um, Superman as Lobo, the Lobo Superman. And then it's the whole Justice League and they just start beating the crap out of him. Yep. And it's just like, that's what you get. He's like, no, that's like part three, Lobo Land. <laughs> and that the last half is written by Sam Humphreys, and the art is by uh, Donnie Cowan. All right. So they they're the ones that finish it up with the because uh, it it jumps abruptly into there with the whole Lobo creating his own universe, but it's hilarious. And like they've used his blood before for things. Like if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, you, you should remember that the uh, retelling of Blackest Night. From the dark universe. Oh, yeah. Also resulted in Lobo's blood, like, saving everything. Kind of. It's a weird kind of way. Kind of. I don't think this is going to be the same, but it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was really good. I like, I like Lobo. Like, he's, he's always a jerk. He's never, like, not a jerk. And it's always, it's never like, oh, he kind of has a harder goal. It's like, nah, he doesn't. He's, he's always a jerk. He's just a complete ass constantly, and he's funny, and like just like at the beginning, like killed the entire bar full of people because he was mad because he couldn't find his bounty, but his bounty was at the bar because he's too impatient to listen and wait, 
And then he rips the bartender's arms off, and then he's mad at the bartender for not giving him another drink. Right. But the bartender's like, I can't hand you a drink. And then, and even then that, he's just like, well, I've even had a bartender, you know, serve me with, well, you know, she is like, oh, never mind. You know, you know, just be. Yeah, he's but, being dirty. It's funny. Yeah, he's a, man, where he sits in the universe, he's, he's a different kind of thing. But he, he is pretty awesome. Uh, you got a score over that book, Josh? Um, I give like a 375. Um, I love Lobo, so I'm really into it. But like, as the art went on, I got, I, I liked the art in the first part of it. The second part, I wasn't a big fan. And the third part, I thought it was, t- it was too messy. Like, right. It was, it was too much going on, too much action, but like not done clearly enough to us. So it was just, it, it, se- it seemed messy. So the art kind of like turned me off on it. Um, and then even like the way that they, they write Brainiac at the end, I felt like it was a little messy too. Like, I, I don't know. It was a little weird. Like, I got the premise, but it was just like, it started off really good and then it kind of fizzled out. So, um, I don't know. I like 375. Sure. I mean, I follow suit. I mean, score wise, give it a three and a half. Like, I mean, like you said, the art being different is fine. I think some because it, it works as a story element. I do wish that the last half, after we got out of the one-shot page stories, would have been different, or maybe a little cleaner. Because during the one-shot page stories, it makes perfect sense. It's Lobo's comic book universe. It should be a freaking mess. But a little cleaner at the end, I would have been happier with. Um, I, love, I like my Rags Morales a lot. The dude's awesome. Um, but following having him and Tyler Kirkham in the same book next to each other, Kirkham's art is more... Yeah, it's more comic book stylized, and Rags Morales has a softer tone to it. I mean, Rags is the guy who did um, Identity Crisis, and so, like, the dude's a great artist. And he's also, he also did a bunch of stuff for the Cody and Cambria comic book. He did a lot of the art for it. So the dude's awesome. But when you went from, like, this... Which one? Uh, Rags Morales, he's the guy who did the second story. No, the, the, the what in camp? Cody and Cambria had a comic book, yeah. uh, well... It, it ran, I don't know, gosh, lost 12 me, Cody or 13. And Cambria. Oh, man. It ran 12 or 13 issues, but he did the interior art for a bunch of it. Actually, we have a interview with him from a couple years ago on the podcast. So. I'm sure the book was good, but I don't like that band at all. No. I don't know how. I know the albums apparently lead to the story in the comic book, which I don't. I don't. I We got in the store, and I read two or three of them. I didn't understand until Rags explained it to me. So... Which, actually, that's what most interviews about. But yeah, I mean, the dude's a good artist. Um, if you haven't ever read Identity Crisis, it's fantastic. It's a DC book. So check that one out for sure. But yeah, as a thing, Kirkham's just got more of a poppy art, and I think it suits Lobo better than, than the rest of the book. As a thing in the whole. Anyway. But yeah, score-wise, I give it a three and a half. I mean, it's it's Lobo being Lobo and just getting work done. It's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, decent. I really, you know, as far as the death metal stuff going on, I kind of, um, I I don't know everything that's going on, so I'm kind of like catching up periodically and asking you questions, things like that. But I also, I like that Flash one a lot, a lot. Like that was really good. Speed metal it was really cool. But isn't this connect with that? They do. Um, well, speed metal. It all connects to the same story. So this is a chapter outside the main storyline. So just like Speed Metal was, Speed Metal happens between issue three and issue four. 
This one happens after issue four, but before issue five. Ah, uh, I gotcha. So eventually, all the parts before we get to number seven, I think, should run into each other. But that's... Speed Metal book was to set up what the Flash family is doing and how they're going to get to where they're supposed to be. So when we get to wherever they rejoin the story, I assume the entire flock will be there based on what we get out of that book. So this will leave with Lobo having one more mission. I assume that by the time we get to the next step of regular Death Metal, that that will be when Lobo joins the fray. Joins the fray. Gotcha. So, yeah, these are all add-ons to the main story. That's how they're poised to uh, to fit together. So, yeah, they fit together to each other, but they're not like a Chapter 1, Chapter 2 thing. It's more like, these are all happening at the same time. Here's what the Flash was doing. Here's what Lobo was doing. Here's what the... Um, when they did the last one that was uh, Infinite Crisis, here's what the other realities are doing. So, yeah, it's a... It's more of a staging kind of scenario than a straight part one, part two kind of thing. And that's how all those have worked. They've all been one-part stories. Um, all right, we'll move into the uh, to the crossover. This is from uh, Image Comics. It's uh, written by Donny Cates, and the art is by uh, Jeff Shaw. All right, when the book first opens up, we've got a couple quotes in here. And uh, the first quote is really pretty, so I'm going to make you guys read it to get it. The second quote is a Tom McFarlane quote, and it just says, Kids Love Chains. Um, and then we get the title, crossover number one. And when it first opens up, we have a moderator, or a moderator? No, is that what you call it? The person that talks when things are moderator? Narrator? Narrator, that's the word I wanted. Man, that was bad. So narrator um, opens up and is explaining things to us about superheroes and comic books. And uh, as this is all going on, we have a pullback from a, basically a boy reading a comic book. And it's talking about how if you, if, if you really you walk around... And you have friends, and it affects and changes your life. And if you want to want to stay stay the course, like comics are just part of it, your life. You you, you want to be Superman, and like it's really more about like finding the characters that embody who you want to be. And it's all about why you read comics, really. And while this is going on, all of a sudden we see a, a ink spot in the middle of the page, and the ink spot gets bigger. Then eventually the boy touches it. And eventually it's all over his hand, and there's a giant explosion. What appears to be from the inside of the book. And it rips a giant hole in the middle of Denver, Colorado. This is on January the 11th, 2017. And uh, inside this giant hole, we see this destruction of most of the city, and then a cityscape of comic book cities appear. And we have a giant, like, squid thing, and a giant dude fighting the squid, a bunch of people flying around, shooting lasers... All kinds of crazy superhero stuff happening. And uh, we see the people from the city running in terror as the buildings fall apart and people getting crushed by rocks. And from there we join the media, who's basically trying to tell everyone what's happening in the city. And uh, we find out what's happened is somehow this rip in reality has since... All the characters from all the superhero comics, all the any kind of comics, and the villains and everything, into the real world, in New York, or in uh, in Colorado, and it's caused the death of a lot of regular civilians. And so, while this is going on, the, the news media covering it 
The world decides that in order to try to take care of the problem to put a giant bubble dome around Colorado to keep all of the superhero types inside and safe from the rest of the world. From there, we fast forward to now. So we join current time, and we, uh, we're on a street outside of Provo, or inside of Provo, Utah. And we have a girl walking down the street who's wearing a yellow, like, trench coat, purple hoodie, and a little, uh, domino mask, so like Robin mask. And, uh, there's a truck driving by, and the dude from the truck leans out with a bottle, and the, the entire time the mo- the moderator, no, that's not right, narrator, gosh, that's hard to remember. The narrator, man, he's talking about how it's changed the world, and that lots of things have changed. As the dude leaves out the window, he yells traitor, and he throws the bottle at her. And then we, the narrator tells us that this story, honestly, is really, really isn't about any of the destruction of the world. It's not about all the superheroes. It's not about all the crazy destruction of, Den- of Denver and of Colorado, or really about anything we've seen in the first two pages. It's really about her, and we get a close shot of her as she gets hit with the bottle. And it tells us, well, more or less, it's about her. And uh, she goes down and drops her book bag and bottle smashes over her head and she's covered in whatever was in the bottle. It's obviously beer, but in the process of picking up her stuff, we find out that this is uh, Ellipses. And uh, she usually goes by Ellie or by Elle, uh, but Ellipses is her name. And it turns out her parents are both writers. And Ellipses is a weird name, but her parents gave her that name because it sounded like a superhero name, some type of Greek superhero and as she's cleaning up her stuff, we wind up seeing a picture that she had in her in her bag of her parents, and it looks like her and her brother. Of course, she's a kid kid, so it's now she's a young adult, probably in 20s or whatever. And uh, it talks about how the three ellipses, those three little dots, can lead to anything. And uh, in the crossover cover, we actually have the three dots in the middle of the word cross. And she picks up all the rest of her bag, and... She begrudgingly moves forward, using the three ellipses as her sound effect. And uh, she walks past this billboard, and the billboard says, God hates masks. Which is really funny, considering the current time frame of the world. Which is super weird. Um, anyway, so as she walks past the board, we, we join what looks to be a protest. And we find out that the people that are protesting are protesting against the comic book shop. And they're carrying signs that say, pray the capes away, and just talking all this kind of trash about anybody going to the comic book store. Well, it turns out that if you were still a comic book fan, you were a supporter of the fake people. And uh, as she's walking in, she's like, man, don't you guys ever take a break? Even God took a break. Even God took a day off. And she goes inside, and we get a shot of the crowd, and we see there's a preacher out there eating a hoagie. And a younger boy dressed in a very like, suit-and-tie, churchy-type way, sitting in the car behind him. And uh, he talks about Belle, about her uh, her favorite part of the day was always this. And she walks into the store, and there's all these people in there digging through the books, picking out graphic novels, and just doing comic book shop day-to-day stuff. I mean, as a thing, she says, man, I really wish the line outside was more for wanting to get in the store and less for the protest. And then we meet our next main character, which is a, a fellow named Otto. And Otto is the... Green Arrow-looking fellow who runs and owns the comic book store. And he's in the process of talking to a man at the register who's in there trying to sell his comics to the, uh, to the comic book patron. Or not patron, to the shop owner. 
And he's like, we buy and sell all kinds of comics, but we only sell and buy real comics, not the crap you bring us. And we see a shot of, like, Rawhide Kid and Super Cop, which are a batch of old, like, they're 80s books, but he he tells him that we only take superhero books, like, we don't care about this kind of junk, and basically lowballs the guy and tells him to leave these books and take them home, and he's really a jerk to the guy. And the dude leaves begrudgingly mad about not being able to sell his books to him, and uh, he tells him, Merry Christmas to you, sir, and uh, waves to him as he leaves the, leaves the building, and she's like, ah, that's not a cool auto. He's like, ah, the guy was being a jerk. She's like, yeah, but you're supposed to be nice. And then she says, nice shirt. And he, the shirt he's wearing is a, a very uh, encouraging sh- encouraging sh- shirt as well. It's uh, Weatherham was right. And he's got a shot of the guy's face. Anyway, um, so he, he tells her, oh, yeah, the store's been busy all day. And he's like, oh, you don't like my shirt? I thought it was pretty funny, like ironic-like. And she's like, ah, you're too old to be ironic, Otto. He's like, oh, well, that's just shitty of you. And she's like, uh, how's the store been? And he's like, oh, everything's fine. Everything else is just normal, like always. And she's like, you know, I really do like it when this place is full. I love this place. And uh, we see a shot of the store and the shorts. The store's a pretty big store, really. And most of the comic books we see the covers of are a batch of image comics, which makes sense because this is also an image comic. Uh, but she takes off her jacket and her hoodie, and she's wearing an Invincible t-shirt. And as she's uh, walking through the store doing job stuff, all of a sudden we hear Otto yell. And he's like, hey! Damn it, look! And he points at the screen, and it's a batch of the cameras from the store, and we see a, the backside of a little kid, what looks like trying to put a book into their jacket. It's not clear, but the way they're posed is provocative of that. If you've ever watched a video camera or done surveillance in the store ever, that's what you think is happening. And he, of course, comes uncorked, and he's like, hey, kid! And he's yelling at the kid in the middle of the store, trying to get over to him. Eventually he gets to the kid and grabs him by the hand and spins him around. And then all of a sudden his face turns from anger to shock. And we see Ellie and she puts her hand to her mouth and she's like, oh my god. And we see who he's turned around. And it's this little girl whose clothing looks basically like normal clothing. But when you see her face and her her skin and her hair, it's all colored in old like 50s dot coloring. So if you know like... There's a term for it. I think it's textual coloring. Ah, man, I can't remember what the term the term is for it. But they used to use when they colored comic books back in the old days. They used a bunch of little dots, and it was the way it's a style of printing and style of material that was used to cut the colors. Anyway, that is what she looks like. And of course, the store freaks out because she's not a real person. She's a comic person, and she looks at him and says, "What is this place? What is, what is all this stuff?" Completely confused and like scared and. Just a little kid lost is what is what's going on. We cut directly from that to all the people in the store fleeing, like freaking out. Call the cops! Get away! Move! Oh, there's one of them in there! And of course the pastor sees this and he's like, huh, it's about time. Or is that right? That's what he says, but that's what he means. And so like, Ellie's trying to help clown the crowd and get them out the door and she comes over there and she tells Otto to hang hang on. She, she wants to talk to her. And she's like, she's just a kid. And the little girl's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, no, don't be. It's okay. My name is Ellie. What's your name? And so she starts talking to her like, you what a scared kid. Then we jump back outside to the crowd and we see the uh, pastor pull his son, who has a black eye, out of the car. And he's like, it's time for you to do what you need to do. 
he got to quit reading this stuff, and he swings a comic book in his face that says Super Squad, and uh, the cover looks like the Hulk and Superman, is what it looks like. He's like, you know you can't be reading this stuff. You've got to make penance for your for your wrongdoing. And so he's basically telling us that the son's got to pick what the father wants him to do or the comic books. And at this point in the game, there's no winning there. Like, if you're a kid, you're not going to go meet your dad, especially since your dad's obviously the pastor of your church as well. And the dad hands him a bottle uh, of alcohol. And uh, we cut back inside, and we see Ellie's talking to a little girl, and she's like, how did you get here? Like, how did you... How'd you get outside the bubble? Like, who brought you here? And uh, he's like, "You need to just calm everybody else outside, out down out there. They're they're gonna they're they're scaring her." And she's like, "Why well, don't?" And she turns back to the little girl. She's like, "What's who bring you here?" And she's like, "Well, I don't know his name, but I can draw you him." And she's like, "Oh yeah." And then we see like a in, interlacing of photos where we see the little girl giving her crayon, a piece of paper, and then we see outside that uh, um our our pastor's son, who is uh, Ryan, Ryan Lowe is the kid's name. So Ryan is the kid outside, and he's taking the uh, comic book and rolled it up and stopped, stuffed it in the top of the bottle, and he's lighting it with um, a lighter. And we see a picture of the girl drawing. It's a close-up. We can't really tell what it is yet. Um, but then we cut back to Ryan, and he's, he's throwing the bottle as he was ordered to. And the bottle hits the wall about the same time Ellie sees what the picture is that the little girl drew. And it bursts into flames. And of course, Otto and Ellie freak out because they're the only two people in there other than the little comic book girl. And the store is full of paper. And like, if you know anything about anything, you know that fire and paper do not go together. And the store just gets engulfed. And like, you see Ryan's face and he clearly is not happy about what's, what's happened. You see Ellie's face and she just can't believe that all this history, all these books are being destroyed. And it's very like, I don't know, almost World War II-y. Have you ever seen Schindler's List, any of that stuff, when they show book burning, book burning? It really is, if you're a book person, or just in general, like, it's really a disturbing kind of thing to see. And you see they both have the same feeling inside about what's happening. And uh, Ellie looks at the picture, and, and the, the, the narrator continues on, and it says, there's more... More of the story than superheroes or mega events or good guys, bad guys, or the world gone wrong. This story is a story about hope. And we see the last page, and on the piece of paper, this is the biggest cliffhanger. And it's like, sets up the next story. So if you want to stop, this is the place to stop and fast forward. But the reveal on the last page is a crudely drawn by a little girl what can't be anything but Superman. And it says the story is about hope. And that's where the book ends. With an ellipses. Three dots. I, mean, I think this book's awesome, man. Like, I don't... Donny Cates is a great writer. His Venom stuff's good. His Thor stuff's good. God Country was really good. Baby Teeth I've heard good things about. It was creepy and I didn't like it. But I only read the first issue. Other people seem to like it. This book, man, it promises so much, and I have a feeling that what we're going to really get is versions of our very versions of our characters. I doubt we're going to see an actual Superman, but we'll see a dude who looks like Superman, and that's all that really matters. But like story-wise, really well executed. 
the art Jeff Shaw is great. I mean, when he draws superhero characters and the different style of coloring and the different style of, like, how the real-world people and the fake people, the comic people are drawn, and, like, the coloring for the scenes after the fire and, like, how the comparisons between Ryan and L, it's awesome. Like, it's put together so well. Uh, Score-wise, I mean, man... I don't really believe there's such a thing as a five, just like in the real world there's no tens. But man, it is really good, and I like it a lot. So score-wise, I, I would give it a five. Like, I, I like this book a lot. And maybe it's just the concept, or maybe it's the way it's put together, because things work in a fashion where we're jumping between the characters, and the narrator is such a big part of it. But, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, I liked it a lot. Um, so... As a thing, there is multiple covers, of course. Um, there is a hidden secret variant that uh, if you got the cover with the little kid's face being blown up by the book, um, with all the light and the colors coming through, there are two different versions of the comic book he's holding. One of them is Crossover, and the other one is the alternate cover for Crossover, the C cover. So, if you guys already have this one at home, check your covers, because if you have the secret variant, it was not orderable. It was filled at random. So... That's cool. Well, at least I think it is. Um, but yeah, I give it a, I give it a five. Like, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I've been telling you people to follow this book since, like, three or four episodes ago, because, because I originally read it digitally, like, two and a half months ago. So, <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, Josh, do you know anything about the crossover? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I, I loved about it is, and normally, I'm, I'm, when I've said this on this podcast many times, I'm, I'm writing over art. Right. Like, if I can, I can suffer subpar art if the story's really, really good, but this has both, like, this style of art, and this is really awesome, like, <clears throat> the little girl, and how she's, like, pixelated, like, not pixelated, but, like, the little dots, like, that would be, like, an old time comics, kind of how they used to color things, and how she obviously has some sort of connection to the printed works. That way, like the comics were, like the little individual, like pink dots on her. Yeah, that's like I was talking about the the style of coloring they use for her is, yeah, it's really cool. But it's like it's purposeful. Like, man, it's just, it's got a it's got it sets up a lot. It doesn't it doesn't fizzle out. You know, a lot of times on indie books like this, things start out really cool and then they just like putter out or you know like so. Hopefully, this the rest of the series doesn't do that. Right. That's my only worry on stuff like this. It's kind of hard for me to give. Is, is, it, is it issue number one? It's fantastic. But, you know, I'll give it, I'll give it a four right now. Sure. It's, it's, it is very, very good. I'll give it a four, but, like, my, my worry is always that, like, they put so much into the first issue, right. and then they fizzle out by issue three, and then you're just like, that was a letdown. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that when the second shoe drops, the series itself... It'll be hard pressed for issue two to live up to issue one, because um, issue one's really good. And uh, like any worry with a book, I mean, as far as this being so advantageous and the idea that it's a crossover with everything, well, I mean, first off, you know, DC's not going to give you rights to do that, and Donnie does do a lot of books for Marvel, but I find it highly unlikely that Marvel's going to give him Carnival and to do what he wants, even though he does have a sway over there, which is awesome. I mean, he's doing King and Black. He's doing. Yeah, there's ways around it, though. I mean, you remember when, like, The Authority was a book? Oh, yeah. 100%. And they, and they fought the not Avengers, basically. Right. And yeah. Like, 
they basically just like ripped, you know, like they just destroyed and murdered all of them. So like, there's a ways around it. I mean, hopefully, it, I mean, it can, it'll be cool. I think. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that we'll get some version of that. It doesn't matter whether that holds up and lives up to it or not. I mean, when we see the the cover of the squadron, uh, the super squad. Yeah, I saw. Like, it, like it's uh, it's Superman with Hulk. Hulk, and then yeah. Yeah, the characters behind Hulk it kind of looks like a Captain Marvel, but there's not enough. It's just red and, like, a blonde hair character with a blue and red outfit. But the other two are definitely Superman and Hulk. Granted, he's swinging around, so it's not, like, highly detailed, but it's not supposed to be. But yeah, I, 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 can, I, can, I can see what you're saying, and number two, I, I do worry because of that. But number one's just so good. Hopefully like, being an image book... You know, it's not, it's, at least it's not an indie company, so hopefully they put a lot into it. Like, right. <clears throat> I mean, the cover is even super rad in the aspect of, like, just the stylization of it. Um, it's a really cool book. Um, I'm, it's kind of blown away by it, actually. Like, you were telling me about it the other night, and I was like, kind of like, wow, that sounds really intense. And then, actually, like, when you, when I, I wasn't sure, I forgot that we were doing this one, and I actually read it the other day. And so I was just, so then when you started talking, I was like, oh, yeah, I've already read that. So I was like, I wasn't. Well, we were, we were going to do a, a different book and then. Yeah. So this one's just, it's just too. Yeah. It was cool. So we'll see where it goes. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm just pretty stoked about it. And I really dig the, I really dig her outfit. Like it's so simple. And like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a trench coat and like a comic book t-shirt and then a domino mask. Like how simple is that? It's awesome. It's just, it's just really kind of cool. But yeah, as a thing, I, if you guys haven't checked it out, I say check it out. I know that number ones, there were still a batch of number ones getting ready to come out to stores because it hadn't sold out initially. Um, plus, like I said, they did a bunch of covers, so, and a few stores got their own covers, so I'd be interested to see what those things look like, but yeah, initially there's at least four covers because there's the A cover, the B cover, this guy is the C cover that we have here in the studio. And then there was a blank, so you can have your own cover done. And uh, the secret variant went along with the A cover. So, I mean, if you count that one, that's like five covers just for the normal stuff before you get to the store covers. But yeah, I was pretty impressed. All right, so we'll move on to the Wolverine. This is the uh, Black, White, and Blood. Uh, this one's a four-part miniseries uh, for Marvel, and it... Uh, it's done, like, anthology style, so this particular book also has three stories. The Lobo one's all one long story, but there's three chapters. This one, they're actually separate stories, so an actual anthology versus the, the way the Lobo one runs together. Uh, but the first story is titled uh, The Beast Within Them, and it's by Jerry Duggan, writer, and the, and the artist is by uh, Adam Kerber. And uh, this book, if you didn't guess from the title... It is colored in black, white, and red. Of course, there's gray tones, but the only color that's not a uh, a base color is red. And when we first open up, it's a horror story scene out in the wilderness, and we've got a dude whose rib cage is exposed and blood everywhere, and there's a a, a uh, what are the bald headed eagles that are birds from the desert that eat carcasses? Bald-headed eagles? What are those things called? Buzzards? Buzzards, yes. There we go. <laughs> I'm like, the only other thing I could think of was a Bugs Bunny cartoon with the, the dopey, 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 dopey. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember what they were called. And there's a few other bodies, and of course the buzzard's picking at one of those. 
And then we uh, cut from there to a scene of, like, a close-up of the, a jawline of a thing. And then some rib cages, and it talks about... At this point, I want to say it's internal monologue, like, thinking. But it's like, I, I'm i a monster. Not even close. Like, I'm, I'm a closed-cased monster. And then we cut from there, and we see, like, a hand. And hands in a shackle. And uh, he's like the the mod, the voice says that, uh, but we but when we're born, and we see some more blood, and we see a foot shackled. Are we born that way, or are we made that way? And we see a shot of a camera out in the snow, aimed at where this bloodbath has happened. And we join a couple people in like a a room watching the camera. And uh, the one person asks the other, uh, "Are they close to? Are they close to the site yet? Are they there with the target yet?" And uh, then we see a truck driving up, and uh, we see inside the truck there's a whole bunch of little soldiery-type science people, you know, dressed for winter. And uh, we get a shot of the side of Wolverine's face, and we see that it's uh, in that crazy helmet from the Weapon X days. So the early days of Wolverine, after the experiment, and after the uh, animanthium was added to him, after the brainwashing. And he's full-on got that helmet on and the crazy straps, and he's carrying around the belt with all the ghost traps on it as his pants. They're not really ghost traps, but that's kind of what they look like. And uh, they're all in all in red light because they're getting ready for the experiment to start. And uh, while this is going on, some of the dialogue is like interior, like Wolverine thinking, and about what makes a monster a monster, and am I really the monster or the people that have made me the monsters? And uh, we get a full pullback and we wind up seeing Wolverine connected to what looks like a giant metal slab with an X on it. It turns out that's a giant magnet. And so the magnet is what's holding him there, of course, because they had amantium. And uh, we get an order from one of the fellows in the, in the suit to get ready. They're cutting the power to the magnet. And the magnet turns off and we see Wolverine drop down. And uh, the truck drives away. The magnet was on the back of the truck. That's how they got him where they wanted him. And uh, they drop him out there, and he starts looking around, sniffing, of course, and then his claws come out, because he's aware there's something there. And it turns out the bloody bodies weren't really for Wolverine. They were really to track the Wendigo. And the Wendigo all of a sudden comes from out of the forest, with hands covered in blood, teeth covered in blood. So it begs the question that the Wendigo is probably really called, and is probably the one that really did all the mess to the bodies. But the uh, Wendigo comes to suffering and pain. And that's what they use to draw him there to fight the Wolverine. And basically what they've done is set up an experiment to see who would win. Because Wolverine has fought a lot of test subjects, and none of them come out of it. So they decide the next thing they have to do is go a step higher. And so as the fight's happening, they talk about how the last time they used bears, and it didn't go well for the bears. And uh, we see shots of Wolverine stabbing the Wendigo, and the Wendigo cutting Wolverine, and... Uh, a few of the guys while they're watching it, they're like, "Why are we? Why is this? Why are we doing this?" And uh, it turns out that a couple of my place bets, and uh, of course the fight does not go well for the Wendigo. It goes very badly for the Wendigo. And about that time, Wolverine decides it's time to come after them. And as he starts coming towards the truck, um, they set off a whole bunch of um, suppressors that inject into him to tranquilize him. And, uh, of course that hurts, and so he's screaming while it's happening, and swinging his claws around, and eventually they, uh, knock him out and incapacitate him, and they go over and they recollect him with the magnet. So they turn the magnet on above him and picks him up in the snow and it hauls him off, 
um, for some more experiments. And he says that we get this place we get his inner monologue. And he's like, the image of horror is, is it must be seen through those dark days and those dark eyes. He says, except that what I see that matters. And we see a reflection in the, a bunch of the blood in the snow. And it's not a Wolverine in the headgear with all the blood dripping off him. It's of him as a regular dude trapped. And so, like, he knows that he's still inside there. And he sees his own reflection. And the reflection he sees is of the man he is, not the monster they turn him into. So it's a kind of cool, like, retrospective kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's not, none of these are really long, but it's an interesting, like, piece of what he would, how he kind of kept his sanity, I guess, is what I would think of it. And, like, the, the reflection thing is really the catch to it, because everything else that's happening is kind of pieces we, that we, we haven't really seen before, but we expected to have been things that happened. And, uh, it's interesting how he's trying to hold on to his humanity, even though he's being forced into extremes where he doesn't have a choice. I mean, the Wendigo was there to kill him, so he had to fight it. But in these particular circumstances, it's just really messed up. But yeah, the art in it's great. The, the story's interesting. It's, it's just a retrospective of how you view yourself, I guess. Second part of that, uh, Josh, did you want to do the second story? Yep. All right. So the second one is called uh, I Shall Be a Wolf, and it's uh, written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg, and the art in it is by uh, Joshua Lacera, or Josh Lacera? Kassara. Kassara. Joshua Kassara. <clears throat> so this one opens up. Um, Wolverine is, it looks like maybe in a bar or some sort of building, and he's surrounded by a ton of... Um, Hydra agents, and some of them are alive, some of them are cut in half, some are dead, some are alive and cut in half, and somehow most of them are just mangled, but there's like a few, and they're like, um, don't give me another reason to blow your head off, freak, and like, because they've surrounded him, and uh, it says, in an undisclosed location, and it's like, are you ready to, so it kind of flashes forward, it's like, are you ready to talk, and it's like some Hydra guy with a baseball bat and like Wolverine's tied to a chair and he's just like got a knife sticking out of his arm and he's bloody and he's got holes all bolt holes all over him. And this Hydra agent's just like, um, you know give you know, tell me what's going on, tell me give me this information and then like in walks in the uh Grand Inquisitor of Hydra and he's just like, Hello, you know, you don't know who I am, but I'm the Grand Inquisitor and uh and I've been finding tracking you for days and um, do you know why I'm up so upset right now? And Wolverine's like, just because you found out your team lost World War II, like just talking trash. <laughs> yep. And he's like, quite the sense of humor. And he's like, um, Wolverine spits on him. He's like, all right, well, this isn't going to go the way you thought. And the Hydra agent is like, should have let, should have spoke to me when he had the chance. So the Grand Inquisitor is like, you know, pretty high up in, in Hydra is like, starts talking about like Nick Fury and I have been playing a game of cat and mouse for some time. And, uh, I've been tracking you for days. Like, I know that he, you know, he, he met you on the bridge in Budapest and that he handed you a, a notebook and, and then, you know, I know that you killed a bunch of my agents. Like, supposedly you pulled out some knives. Like, um, and then, but I know that you didn't kill all my agents and that's where you made your first mistake. And, um, he came and told me what was going on. So we tracked you to the, the shield safe house and, you know, 
you killed a bunch of us when you pulled out your knives again and but you know that's what you do you pull off you, you know you 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 cut off the head of a, a hydrant like more come up and that's how we that's how we got you and so that's where it opens up it seems like kind of like a bar but it was like it's it's, it's it was the safe house right but um so then he's just like well that's what you don't understand he's like you got a lot of things wrong he's like what are you talking about and he's like well fear knew you were coming and then it shows like fear and him talking he's like leave one alive and have fun and then like Wolverine's like, F you. And, uh, he's like, so, hey, so, hey, you know what I think? You got panicked and got sloppy. He's like, your man did what he needed. And he's like, he reported your description and location back to me. He's like, yeah, almost like we planned it or something, right? And he's like, it shows the guy after he gets off the phone with the Grand Inquisitor and Furies lights him up with a machine gun. Right. And, uh, he's like, so you wanted me to know that you were on the game board. Is that it? And he's like, if everything is as planned, then, I'm sure you're pleased to see that the documents that my men stopped you from burning is like they're coded. He's like, Oh, we know about the code. He's like, Yeah, I know you know about the code. And he's just like, we've, like, Remember the phone call you wanted my man to make? My man found you in the key of the fairy's little code three minutes later. Let's see the phone number for extraction. And he's like, Hmm. And he's like, Just for a man who made no mistakes, nothing seems to be going your way. And now you'll lead me to, right to Fury. The rest of my file is all about me. My arrival, my description, orders to kill, I'm flattered. It seems that all you had to do was find me, but alas, I found you first. Like, oh yeah? You sure? And he's like, then it's like Wolverine with his claws around the Hydra guys. He's like, what were your orders? He's like, bring you in alive. Because you wanted to have you. He's like, please don't kill me like I have a family. He's like, have it your way. You found me. Congratulations. You have no more cards left to play. You never, you're never a threat to me. You think otherwise. I've had eyes on you the whole time. He's like, but you haven't had eyes on me the whole time. He's like, first, I lost your main man in the market for two minutes. Remember? He's like, and and what was in this bag you picked up? He's like, a bomb. He's like, my man tossed the safe house. There was no bomb. He's like, the, the safe house was the second time you done didn't have eyes on me. He's like, please, eyes. Let's pretend this is true. Where's this bomb now? To get to me, you'd have to have hidden your... And then it shows Wolverine, like, probably in the safe house, like, as he's gutted open, guts himself open, probably, and hides the bomb inside of himself. Yep. And he's like, impossible. You'd have to bleed to, you'd bleed to death. He's like, I heal quick. He's like, sir, the trace is complete. And the Inquisitor, as he's holding the phone, to call this number that was in the code, that's supposedly encrypted or whatever. Right. He's like, and how are you supposed to trigger? He's like, I'm not. You are. He's like, sir, the call's being re redirected back to some sort of device that's in. And then it shows this tower, and it explodes, and uh, ends. I shall be a wolf, which is pretty incredible because it's like it shows. Which I I I wish your brother was here tonight, right? Because he has like your brother's probably one of the most um, X Men knowledgeable people I've ever met. He really knows his X Men, right? And like, um, obviously over the years, Wolverine has morphed into being able to. I mean, there's there's been different stories here and there. There was like a there's a story where he kill. I think that he, I don't I don't remember what was going on. It was when Ramos was drawn, and like he was going after some guy that like could blow people up or whatever. It will explode. Like, and I don't remember what the story was. Where he detonated himself. Yeah, that was uh, Stanford. That's why the school bus gets blown up with all the kids, and it causes. Right, right. it was that storyline yeah. or whatever. But uh, 
but Wolverine goes to find him, and, like, the guy does that, and, like, Wolver- there was one, like, drop of blood left in Wolverine, like, so then he slowly grew himself back from that. Yeah, he's full-on skeleton until yeah. he, he grew back, which is crazy. But yeah, he's come back from, like, single drops of blood and a couple different stories. That's probably the most recent one. And, yeah, Ram- Ramos was the one drawing the art at the time. But um, this one's, like, basically, if he blew himself up in a castle, like, what was, you know, obviously there's something left of him, but... right. You know, like, slowly piece himself back together kind of thing. But, uh, you know, your brother's like, that's not how Wolverine is. And, <laughs> da, 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 and he gets so angry. So I wish he would have been here right now to, like, be mad at this because I know he'd be pretty pissed off. But um, I think it's cool. It's kind of like Deadpool in a way. It's the same way, you Oh, know? very, yeah. Like, the, as far as the two of them healing-wise, they're both, at this point, I want to say both in the same level. Since Wolverine's come back from the dead... Um, at this point, they're basically the same healing-wise. They both heal ridiculous amounts. And, like, it makes them kind of unkillable, which is part of the draw to them. But, yeah, this particular story, like, the way it works its way around backwards, it's really an espionage, like, a who gotcha kind of story. Oh, you thought you captured me? Well, <laughs> this is the truth. Right. And, like, yeah, it sets it up really... It picks us together really well. But yeah, the the castle's whole top blows off, so it's not like just a small explosion. It's it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, and the Quizzer's just a guy, so he definitely oh, yeah. dies. So it's, yeah, there's no way he made it out of that. Which is cool. I mean, it's it was a good story. Like I really liked it. I, this whole book. Is good. Like the you know the black, white, and blood, and it's like everything's in black and white except right. for except for the blood. Well, I guess the explosion was red too. So except it's the violence, well. basically, yeah. All right, well, the third story in there is called uh, Cabin Fever, and this one's, uh, the art and the writing is all by uh, Dekel Shelby, so he did the whole thing. And, like, it opens up in, in a mountain scene covered in snow, frozen river, and uh, we have a, a narrator or a monologue going on being about where we are. We're supposed to be in upstate New York, near the Canadian border, and uh, it tells us, uh, as far as, like, where we're at, the Wolverine's basically out on a bike riding by himself, and uh, from there, we cut to the internal monologue, and it's, it's like, God, I love the open road. I really like it when I can get out and fill the air. I really need to do this more often. i got to visit home more. I really miss Canada. And so, like, as he's dri- driving, he decides to pull over and just in- take in the, the beautiful scenery. And uh, as he's standing there, all of a sudden, he he smells something, and he's like, oh, that can't be right. Something's wrong. And he starts hearing a baby crying. He's like, wow, there's a baby crying way out here. And so he takes out running through the snow towards the crying sound, and he finds this cabin out in the middle of nowhere. And best we can tell, there's no one there. He gets to the cabin door, and he walks inside, and he finds a, a man and a woman both dead, and there's a baby in a crib by himself just crying. And he's looks at the bodies, and he's like, no, they've been dead for a few hours. This kid's been crying for, for freaking ever. And about that time, he hears the sound of rustling outside, and we see a whole bunch of dudes kind of unearth themselves from the snow with guns heading towards the cabin. He's like, oh, probably why I can, could hear a penny drop. I, I've been, I was paying so much attention to the kid, I didn't notice. So he didn't realize they were out there before he got inside. And uh, he looks around, and he picks up the kid, and he's like, well... I gotta do something with you. And he's like, either way, this is gonna keep you safe. And he opens up the fern, like the stove, the cast iron stove, and he puts the baby inside there. Now, granted, the stove is off because it's cold in the room. He does mention that. 
But he puts the kid in the cast iron stove and he yells out to the people coming. He's like, don't shoot. There's a, he's about to say baby. And about that time, they just open fire. And in walk three guys fully armed and they've unloaded a lot of bullets into the building. And they're like, oh, the room's clear. He's, he's toast. And all three of them walk in there. And then the one guy that walks over the body is like, oh, hell, it's not, it's not him. And the other guy's like, what, what's inside here? And he opens up the stove and he's like, holy crap, there's a baby in the oven? What kind of sick? And about that time, Wolverine sits up and he stabs the dude through the head with his claws. Like, sneak! And out the top of his head they come. And he uses that particular hand that has the dude's head impaled to stab the other guy in the head. And then he comes after the last dude. And after he guts that guy, we find out there's a whole lot more of him outside. And, uh, the fellas outside is like, oh, we have contact. Two team members down. Keep your eyes sharp. And about that time, we see a head get thrown out the door. And he's in the process of saying, eyes sharp, keep your head on, keep your heads on. And as he's saying heads is when the dude's head comes flying out the door. And then uh, Wolverine decides to join him outside in the snow. And as he goes through all the people, um, gutting him, stabbing him, it's pretty bloody, man. It's... It's kind of awesome. All three of these stories are, though. Yeah, they, they, they definitely are. Very violent. And uh, he finally chases the last one down, cuts that dude in half. Um, then we see cut off arms, cut off body, torsos. And eventually Wolverine's just there by himself, covered in blood, bullet holes everywhere, standing in a pile of bodies. And now he's taking care of all the guys. He... Uh, as all this is going on, we start getting this inner monologue from him about how when the rage takes over, all he really sees is, is, is red. And now that he's, now that he's, uh, so satiated his thirst for blood, the Wolverine's rage calms, and they actually show the word bubbles go from being bright red to being like a faded sort of red hue as the, uh, thirst for blood goes away. Berserker rage. Right. And he collects the baby out of the oven. And he's like, oh, you're going to be okay now, kiddo. You're safe. And uh, he goes outside. And about that time, we're meet, met by another state trooper. And the state trooper, of course, has a gun drawn down on Wolverine. And he's yelling at him that uh, that you need to put your hands up. And he's like, I got a baby here, bub. I ain't part of any of this. No need for the peace. And the cop's like, are you kidding me? Have you looked in the mirror, pal? And he says, now put her down. And we, Wolverine's monologue tells us the state trooper, like the mother inside, he knows that, knows the kid's a girl. He knew the mother. He's like, shoot or don't, pal. But I ain't putting the baby down in the snow. He's like, let's see your hands. Who, who else is in a dwelling? He says, the only people that are alive is the bundle in my arms right now. And the cop's like, oh, no. Oh, God, no. They got him. And uh, he's like, yep, Wolverine's inner monologue tells him, yep, he knows the family, all right. And the man smells of guilt. And he says, they, he says they, were be- they, were, they were bait. They were bait for somebody else, but not me. So the guys were waiting there for this trooper also. And Wolverine's like, well, what happened, pal? And we get uh, an overview, like the narrator tells us what the story is, as the officer confesses to Wolverine. And it turns out that he'd been on the officer, the state trooper, this guy, had been on the take for quite some years, helping people smuggle guns in and out of the country. And eventually his partner caught him, and she made him quit. Made him break the deal. 
and that did not make the gun owners happy. So they decided to make an example. This particular trooper, he had gotten word that the hit was out on her and her family, and so he had come up there to try to warn her. But of course he was late. And uh, so her family got killed because she made him not be a, a terrible, like, gun-rugging, on-the-take trooper. And Wolverine looks at the baby and he's like, well, you're a survivor now. And he winds up basically giving the kid to the, to the, to the officer and he says, sounds like you owe a debt. You have a debt to pay, bub. And he hands the baby to her. And his, huh? Hands the baby to him. Yeah, he hands the baby to the, the state trooper. The cop that was on the take that caused this whole thing to happen because he was being a dirty cop, really. And he, his inner monologue says, she'll be fine. She's a survivor now. And the Wolverine just basically walks back off into the forest. Um, to go back to his bike, I guess. And the cold doesn't bother me. Right. He, he mentions that earlier, how there's lots of things that bother him, but the cold is not one of those things. So that's kind of the theme through the whole story, actually. I missed that at the beginning, but yeah. So, like, it's got an interesting twist at the end of it, too. I mean, the whole twist with the reason for the murder happening, all the hitmen being there, what they were really there for, and how it turns out that the, this cop, now at this point, he's got to raise his partner's daughter because it's his fault she's dead. So, like, it's a it's an interesting atonement kind of thing. The outfit he's wearing in this story is basically the outfit from the X-Men movies. Well, the Frank Quietly stuff. Yeah, like the black leather with the uh, the X symbol in the middle. Grant Morrison. Right. Grant Morrison, Quint Frank Quietly series. That's the style outfit. But that came from the movies when I had to put the black leather on him. But that's the style of costume he's wearing. So, like, it's an interesting timepiece for that. Um, as far as, like, a thing overall, I mean, I, I, I give the book a book for... It's it's really pretty good. The cover's awesome. The use of the three color tones is really pretty cool. And, like, they're, they're super violent. So if you like Wolverine doing Wolverine things, then they, I mean, this book's going to be for you. And, like, the, each of the stories kind of has a, a neat twist in it. I mean, the the whole interrogation story, the second one. That, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, I Will Be a Wolf. Like, that, it, this, the twist to it is really cool. And, like, this one's twist at the end is interesting, too. It's not the same kind of twist, but it, it's interesting. So, like, as a thing, this series, again, I said it was a four-part mini, and, like, the way they're set up, I'm, I'm assuming by the time we get done with it, through all four issues, we're going to have 12 different stories. And, like, if the other ones follow suit, it should be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I give, it, I give it a four and a half. That's that's what I would say. Josh, what do you think about that book? Give it a four as well. I always like the black, white, and red look, like... And if it's done right, sure, if it's done right, and I think all three of these are done pretty good, cool, pretty well. Um, middle story is fantastic. Oh yeah, I I love the world, like the post World War Two, like which is it's like, you know, still kind of that that era. Um, Wolverine is still, you know, he was still kind of an agent of, of for Shield, yeah, kind of like Secret Defenders. It was the def- like, there's an issue of Captain America, Black Widow, and Wolverine on the front. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a pretty famous cover. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was an issue. I think they called it the Defenders, maybe. I don't remember. But they were like, you know, a group of superheroes, kind of, but like secret agents as well. And well, it's very espionage flavor. Captain America didn't really kill people per se, but like no. Wolverine and Black Widow definitely did. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this is the one Nick Fury is like, hey, who's the people who are going to get their hands dirty? And Wolverine's one of those people, like, who definitely doesn't care about getting his hands dirty because he will murder some people, <laughs> like, straight up just murder people, which is awesome. You know, that's one of, that's one difference between Marvel and DC. You know, like, the good guys are obviously the good guys. Even, like, Batman, who is 
kind of rides rides that razor's edge, but he doesn't kill. But like, there's good guys in Marvel who just murder. <laughs> right. Like the gray area is very gray in Marvel, and that's the difference. I think that's a pretty heavy difference. I think. Like. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Red Hood is a bad dude too, and he he will shoot people, but it's not quite the same thing. Um, as Wolverine using his claws through a dude's head to stab another dude in the head. Right. That's, that's double dudes kebab style, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a, it was a really cool book. I liked it. The first story I thought was a little confusing. It does jump through a lot of panels all together. It's just time. kind of funky the way it's laid out. Yeah. Um, it took me two reads to kind of like, I mean, it just, it's kind of like, it's across the, it's like the, a lot of like two page spreads. Right. From left to right, all the way across both pages, but also it's like inner dialogue, outer dialogue, and other people dialogue. So it's like, right. th- like multiple things. Cause I think, yeah, anyway, it, it was, it was a little weird, but like the second book, the second story was fantastic and the third one's really good. So. Right. Um, yeah, we've got four. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of them. I mean, this group did really great. And I, I don't remember there being any names I thought were, questionable on the other ones. Granted, they've only solicited number two, so three and four haven't really shook out yet, I don't think. And if they have, I haven't seen the shake out, so... But yeah, as far as, like, a group, I'm, all these names are good names. I mean, Kerbert's awesome. DeShelvey's awesome, so, like... Yeah, it's all it's all good names as far I think, as the book. I think it was last week that I talked, maybe two weeks ago, when T. Brown was on. I don't remember which one it was. It was, like, the standalone issues to me, like, that's a rare thing. You don't get a lot of those anymore. Like everything's connected, to everything and everything, and everything, and everything is like you got to like whatever you know. But the fact that we've, we've had a couple books that we reviewed on here that it's just I know this is going to be like a you know one of four. But yeah, the, but each of the but, but you don't are, have to you don't have to read this no. one to get the next one. Like, well, they're just going to do do it four times. They're going to give like I think a lot of people a chance to just tell their their own violent Wolverine story. Yep. And so I I like that. I like I like sometimes. Not that I don't like big crossover events and things like that, but sometimes it's nice to just be able to read a book that it's just self-contained, and that's all you have to read. You're not like, oh my gosh, I, I, I got to pick up the next one and wait. You know, with comic books, it's kind of hard because a lot of times you got to wait a month until the next one comes out. Well, most and, books, yeah. You know, th- I mean, that's that's almost my thing. And like, even on novels and things like that, like you know, I'll pick up a book sometimes not knowing what it's all about, and I'll read the first one. I'm like, oh, this seems like a cool standalone novel. Then come to find out that it's just like one of three, and the other two aren't even out yet. And I'm like, oh, son of a! It's just like now I gotta wait. You know, it just that that bugs me. I just, I, I want to be able to read something from start to finish and finish it. And you know, I did that you know a couple years ago with um, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, and like the first and second ones are out. Wise Man's Fear is the second one, but the third one's still not out. <laughs> and it's just like he's being the same way George R. R. Martin is. It's just like a fat, lazy turd who just like can't get his act together and finish his stuff. It's like, come on, man. Right. Like your job is to just write. That's all you got to do is write. And it's been like four years since the last book came out. You can't figure out in four years. What have you been doing for four years? I mean, are you talking about Rothman? You're talking about Arm? Both Rothfuss and Martin. Both of them. Yeah, Martin's been watching a TV show made out of this thing. So I mean, there's that. No, he's been writing his history book that he wrote and put out. The, oh, that's right. Yeah, the Fire and Blood or whatever. Right. It's Pre- just like prequel weirdness. Well, yeah, which is good, but it but it really reads like a history book. Yeah. It's like in the like the King's date, blah blah blah, and the big Igon the Conqueror King. It's just like, and it reads like a history book. It's it's what whatever, but it's like, dude, finish your stuff, man. Right. 
And he's like, oh, I'm going to end my books way different than the TV show. I was like, yeah, because you gave them the wrong information. And then you're going to make your books like look way better. And what, what ultimately what it is is you're a jerk. Right. <laughs> and you're going to die because you don't take care of yourself and you're like 90 already. Well, constantly running around as a rascal wearing a captain's hat. Because that's how a dude dresses. It's weird. It's like, yeah, you're already driving a rascal. You think you're going to live long enough to write two more books when you've taken you this long to finish one? Right. Give me a break, bro. He's been doing that for quite a while, actually. The rascal thing. He's like years. He's a lazy, fat turd. (laughs) That's what I gotta say about that. (laughs) But anyway, that's kind of like, it's just kind of nice to have like a self-contained, like, start to finish book. Neat. I like it. Sure. So. Right on. Uh, what did you learn today, Josh? What did I learn today? Yep. Oh, man. I learned that you can... You know, if you have a healing factor, you can sew up a bomb inside of you. Can get, like, you know. <laughs> that is a pretty impressive thing to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely true. Uh, what did I learn today, Josh? That a venti is the size of a coffee. <laughs> I did think it was a flavor initially when you said that to me. I'm not a coffee person, man. Well, like, uh, which is su- I didn't judge you. Surprising because I don't hate the smell or the flavor, and initially I did want to store like comic shop and coffee place, and then that was just too much work for me to. Figure out how to make both sides work and have the space to with the cost of property. Anyway, long story about the past, like, 12 years ago. So, yeah, you would think I would know. What did you ever do with that espresso machine I gave you? Oh, I still have it. Yeah. It, it, yeah, you probably need some more go over for it, but yeah. I still have it. Huh. So, I mean, at some point, I guess, we'll, we knock out the wall to the building next to us and take over. Maybe we do that. <laughs> we have one espresso machine. But that's better than none. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Let's get some books to watch, Josh. Uh, what do you What do you know? What's on your radar? Um, my radar books that I knew that, like last week when you asked me, I was tired and I couldn't think properly and straightly. But um, Strange Academy, I like that book. Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's a cool idea. More Humbert Ramos work. Yeah, it's good but, art too. Yeah, which I love Humbert Ramos, but I also like the idea. It's kind of like a Marvel Universe version of Hogwarts, kind of, but like <laughs> a, little, a little darker. Right, that's good. Um, I also forgot that the the new uh, True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys book is going on. The uh, oh, yeah. National Anthem. Yeah, it's uh, issue two actually came out, I want to say, last week. No, this week. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's plugging along. It's uh, the, uh, the next chapter of Gerard Way's stuff uh, for the uh, Killjoys, yeah. Um, Art-wise, it's pretty good inside, I mean. Which is funny, because the other day, like, I think what is what you and me had talked about it, and then like, and it was in the back of my mind, and I was like, what I do periodically is I like to sit at my computer and just like fall down rabbit holes on YouTube. I went back and watched all those videos from that album. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Which that album is fantastic. I really like it, and like, I think when I was putting some records away, I was like, oh, this was a good record, so I played it. And then I was like, yeah, that was a good. These are cool stories, and like, I mean, Gerard Way's like brain is interesting, like, and everybody like calls them this eat weird emo band, but like, I don't know, he's just. I think the to me, I can, somebody's going to gut me over this, I'm sure, but as theatrical as that they are, like even with Black Parade and all that stuff, like it's the closest thing to Queen as we're going to get. Because I mean, I'm not saying Gerard Way's voice is anywhere near what Freddie Mercury's ever was. Freddie Mercury was like he was a once in a lifetime vocalist. He was incredible. He's probably the greatest rock vocalist of all time. But like the theatrics that Queen had and how amazing that they were all the time. Like I think Gerard Way. 
like they always raised that bar when they did, when they performed. You well, know, Chemical so. Romance put on a really good show, and they put on really good like their videos are really entertaining. It's all of it. It's just like it's always story built, but is like also like just rock and roll and fun. And it, it's neat. So like to put the book, and I was excited to see. And also this crossover book is going to be fun to watch. Hopefully it doesn't fizzle Hopefully out. Doesn't falter. Yeah. Well, that's my. That's what I got. Cool. Um. Well, as far as like series or books or whatever, I mean, I, I agree with you. Crossover, I think, is a is a is a real one to watch for. Um, and chase wise, I mean, like I said, it's got covers galore. Um, TMNT Last Ronin issue one of that dropped a couple weeks ago, and it is uh, at this point, unless you know a story got their own cover, it is not an easy book to get anymore. Uh, it is going second print. Um, the first no second week of December is when the second print comes out for number one. Then number two is going to drop in the middle of the month. And it's, uh, it's Lazard and Laird doing the book. So it's the original two dudes. And best we can understand from what the, what the write-ups have said, apparently this is the ending they always had planned. So like, that's really cool. The format of the books is a weird size, which I'm sure I've said before. But I kind of think the size might be more like what the original books were actually. Cause the original books they made themselves and like, put together in a garage. So I kind of wonder if this size is what the original size was like. I mean, I don't know enough, and I've never actually seen one in real life to know that. But as a thing, the first issue is really pretty good. And the art's good in it. It's, uh, yeah, I'm pretty impressed. It's, 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 it's good stuff. So I'd say if you can kind of copy that, which you probably should. If you can't, second prints are going to make less of anyway, so... At the end of the day, it's going to want to be more valuable, but, you know, that's about numbers and stuff. But I, I would say both those. Um, the other book we were going to do tonight was Homestuck Pilots. Or no, Homesick, Homesick Pilots. I'd say watch that one, too. Um, it's kind of a horror story, kind of sci-fi, and kind of giant robot, sort of. Man, a robot. Giant. Gosh, I don't know. So it's, it's kind of horror story, but it's got like a... A cool kind of shining feel to it. So maybe like a, gosh, maybe like the shining mixed with, I don't know, Robotech. I don't. Know. It'll be interesting what the house really is. If it really is a robot, or if it's something else, because it's definitely got ghost stuff going on for it. But yeah, anyway, that one's. I like to say watch for that one because it's really cool. I feel like there's something else that I wanted to mention in there, but now I don't remember what it was. Issue 3 has come out of We Only Find Them When They're Dead. That book is still fantastic. So I say that one, because uh, they've already gotten the fourth print with number one. Number two is getting re- ready to have a third print come out. And three just dropped this week. So if that tells you anything about how popular it is, well, it should tell you, because that's four prints in less than three months. So yeah, it's popular. And it is it is good. Um, we actually reviewed the first issue of it. This is the first episode you've ever listened to. If you go back, I think, three episodes is when we talked about that book. We actually did a review for the first issue. So, yeah, I would say check that stuff out. I think that's it. Uh, if you want to check any of the rest of our stuff out, you can go to top5comicspodcast.com. There's links to this show, of course, which is probably how you got to the website. Um, our buddies do a hot sauce review show on YouTube called Scovillionaires. There's a link for that. There's a link for uh, Ant-Man 2050 Gaming. There's a link for the other show me and Josh do, uh, Action Figure Deconstruction, which we're going to have a new episode up of it probably tomorrow. That's a uh, Storm Shadow figure breakdown from the G.I. Joe Classified line. The easiest thing with that is <clears throat> just go on YouTube 
and just type in action figure deconstruction and every episode will pop up. Yep. Um, give the, YouTube is weird, so if you can just like follow it, uh, or subscribe to us on that. Say subscribe and, and then even, like. leave, even leave a comment on sure. it. That'd be awesome. Um, this one's going to be real cool because it's, uh, one of the new G.I. Joe classified figures, which it was the, the Amazon exclusive Storm Shadow. Yep. So it's a pretty cool figure. Um, that's pretty fun to do. And it's good to be back in the saddle on that one. It's just been kind of chaotic lately. So sure. CBS. I mean, I put all the blame on me. Um, but it's like we only really have one good day where we can sit and film and do that kind of right. stuff without anybody being around. And there, for a while, there was always somebody around. So, yeah. well, there's a lot of chaos with it. Getting back to football and everything else, so like, it's all good. It's you know whatever. But if you guys can go over there and like that one, and or any of them, actually it would be awesome because we have like twenty of them up there. I don't know, nineteen, and they're 19, all 20. And, they're, and they're all like, I wouldn't even say PG. They're all rated. They're all like, well, just like this show. They fall within the uh, scope of whatever. It's even less, even you know, because I'm like the books, like the book tonight's very violent. Like, and we're just doing action figures. Like, we're just doing unboxing stuff. So if your kids like unboxing and, and seeing oh, figures man. and seeing cool stuff, like they're only usually like about ten minutes long. May, I think the longest one's maybe fifteen minutes. Maybe, but like you know, how like kids have short attention spans. It's actually pretty fun to watch because we you know really go in depth and do some cool things and um. Hopefully, if we can just get back into it, I was trying to set some things up, do some giveaways and some stuff. I have like probably five or six of the figures that I'm not going to keep that I'm going to sure. try and do like something with. Yeah, we'll figure it out. is is as a you know some sort of contest or so. I don't know. So go subscribe that way you're on the right list. Yeah, so do that. Um, and check us out on, uh, on Instagram if you want to f- see my drawings because I scribble stuff. Uh, you can find me at Top Five Comics CBS on Instagram, and Josh, you can find him at Wendell Twenty Four. It's W I N D L E Twenty Four. For all these shenanigans, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say if you want to see what the the rest of the cast tonight looks like, that they they be on there. It's basically, what all I do is post pictures of pets and like <laughs> soccer. There you go. Pets and soccer, and then like random like my photography stuff is on there. Some of sure. it. So, um. Then also check out our uh, more adult-themed movie podcast called Never Been Done Podcast. Right, right. Um, there's also a link on the talkaboutcomicspodcast.com. I got an Or just anywhere, just Never Been Done Podcast. It's Same fine. thing. Google. Google's real cool that way. You just type in what you're kind of looking for, and it usually points you in the right direction. Oh, so. It tries to. That one's fairly easy because it's got a lot of words in it. And this one's easy, too, and as long as you have all the words. If you just put Top 5 Comics, well, you're going to get a lot of lists. A lot of lists, but podcasting, we're pretty much coming on top, so. And then, um, next week. No, no, I'll be here. I'll be back. So. Right. But, uh, yeah, man. Good stuff this week. Yeah, yeah. As long as you feed me coffee, I can figure this out, you know? That's <laughs> kind of the new rule. You know what's funny is I went to get coffee at this spot on North Avenue where I was getting my dinner. They closed at six today to do some kind of cleaning. I oh, what? So pissed. I was so pissed. I got out of the drive-thru. I pulled right around. I, I parked. I got out to go inside. I'm like, I don't remember what to say. I got to the door and there's chairs in the way. And I thought, oh, that's weird. I mean, it's a COVID thing. And then I walked over to the next door and there's a big old like piece of orange purplish paper mm-hmm. that says, we're closed at six o'clock today. If you'd like to get coffee, you can go to our other location at, and it's got some address. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Uh, 
And so I, like, walked back to the car, and I'm like, well, the drive-thru lights are all on. Why don't you turn that stuff off, you morons? I get understand. I understand having the lights on inside because you're doing whatever you're doing. But why is your drive-thru still on? And there's a dude out back cleaning a bunch of, like, I guess they must have been coffee kegs, I guess. Anyway, I'm like, hey, dude. And, like, I don't know if he had earphones in or just ignoring me. But eventually I got tired of standing there, and I was like, you know what, whatever. So I go around the drive-thru, and I'm like, well, we'll just drive through it and see what happens. I drive through the drive-thru, and they have, like, an automated message, which is real professional. And then another piece of, like, construction paper with writing on it. I'm like, ooh. Uh, anyway, so you got it from the supermarket. Ah, that's fine. <laughs> I usually, that's what I usually end up doing anyway. Like, today was one of those days where I just wanted a coffee all day. Sure. Like, I had to get up early and be to work pretty early. Like, that's the thing is, like, usually I don't work Wednesday nights, and I had to work tonight because I had a, the, give the fundraiser thing. Oh, right, right, yeah. And so, that's why I asked you to give me coffee, because I was like, man, we're recording this kind of late, and I've been at work since 8.30 this morning, and Different it's currently 11.30, so I've been doing stuff constantly, but <laughs> um, I had to run a couple errands before I even went to work, and I went to go, I just, I just wanted coffee before I went to work, and man, I went to buy both of them, and there was like 15 cars in the drive-thru, so then I parked and went inside to both of them. And both there was like fifteen people in line. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Right. So I was like, screw it. I just went to work and was just angry the rest of the day. <laughs> well, if any of our listeners want to invest in a uh, coffee establishment, well, let, let, <laughs> let a brother know because you know, coffees and comics sounds like a good idea. Maybe not in the same place, but if then you have to buy your comics before you drink the coffee. Well, yeah, it's not like a library. Come on now. Coffee can't be brewed in the same place to make the book smell weird. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It's one of those things. Anyway, anything else, Josh? Nope. Right. Tiki? Nope. Oh, come on, man.